Hi, for those who uh, aren't able to make it or catching up online or whatever, I just want to say thank you for being here with us. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and start off by doing a quick recap. Uh, for those of you who uh, might not remember or you weren't able to make it the last time uh, we met together, which was uh, a couple weeks ago, um, May 22nd, uh, Pastor Trevor preached through um, Exodus 32, and we ended in a pretty dark spot, um, to be completely honest. Uh, Moses had gone up onto the mountain, mountain, Mount Sinai. He had gotten the Ten Commandments. He had gotten the, the, the law from, from God, and he came down, and the Israelites had created a um, golden calf. And so the last five verses I'm going to read of chapter 32, and um, it says, The next day Moses said to the people, You have committed a great sin. But now I will go up to the, to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. So Moses went back to the Lord and said, Oh, what a great sin these people have committed. They have made themselves gods of gold. But now please forgive their sin. But if not, then blot, out, blot me out of the book you have written. The Lord replied to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. Now go. Lead the people to the place I spoke of, and my angel will go before you. However, when the time comes for the, me to punish, I will punish them for their sin. And the Lord struck the people people with a plague because of what they did with the calf Aaron had made. Uh, now that's kind of uplifting, huh? Uh, let's go to God in prayer, and then we'll get going in chapter 33. Uh, dear Lord, thank you for this day. God, I just uh, pray that... Uh, these words I speak um, can be heard on the other end of a uh, computer screen or a phone or a TV, and that these words are impactful, Lord. God, I pray that you reach people where they are, and I pray that you um, give them time to um, think on these things and to um, build up their relationship with you. I pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I enjoy video games. Anybody out there enjoy video games? Well, even though I like video games, I don't get to play video games very much. Um, mostly because I'm just busy. I, I work, I'm a dad, I'm a husband, I, I pastor a church. Um, and so, um, but I've always loved video games. I've always had video games. Um, you know, I've had anywhere from, you know, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, uh, all the Nintendo, the Wii, the 64... Uh, so the Switch, the Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One. I think I've, I had all the PlayStations until PlayStation 4. Um, I haven't had that one or PlayStation 5. But I've had a lot of video game systems. But the one that will probably kind of always be the original, the one that I remember the most from when I was a kid, and it's the Christmas morning that I still remember the most from growing up. It's the day when we, we woke up and we had this bad boy sitting there waiting for us. That's right, that is the Nintendo Entertainment System. That is the original, the OG, if you would. Man, just holding this thing and having the games come out. Oh man, it's just so much, so much, uh, just memories right there. Now, I'm not gonna say today that kids, well, I am gonna say kids today have video games pretty easy. Like, you turn on your, your, your TV, you turn on your system, you download games, you know, they just work, right? Back in the day, 
sometimes like with this bad boy, I mean, we would have to have full on like prayer vigils to make sure, uh, not, not just that it would turn on, but like the, the game would actually be playable. And every once in a while, the game would kind of stop on you. And, and there was always that secret, that, always that thing that you had to do. Anybody remember what that is? That's right. You had to, you had to blow in it. At the time, we were telling ourselves we were getting rid of all the dust inside of it. But growing up now, I think I tend to think that um, we were probably just adding, <laughs> adding spit to inside of the game console, game cartridge. So you could blow out of it this way. Or if you got really desperate, you can blow inside of here. Um, there's always the reset button. That was kind of always the, the order of operations was always um, push the reset button, take the game out, blow it. And if you really couldn't do anything, um, if, if it still didn't play, if it was like it was like hot to the touch, basically you just had to take a break. <laughs> you, you just had to stop wherever it is you were playing and you weren't. You had to go and you had to go do something else. You had to go play outside. It's a bunch of sad kids. Uh, I mean, it was hard. It was hard being a, being a video gamer growing up when we were growing up in the 80s and the 90s. Um, but as we've gotten older, you know, things have gotten a little bit easier. But today I want to talk about this idea of, this, of the reset. Getting that reset button. Hopefully, you know, everything turns off and turns it back on. Even today with um, modern technology, I've worked in IT before. We always ask, what's the first question we always ask in IT is always, have you turned it off and turned it back on? That reset button, have you done a reset on it? And today I wanna to talk about this idea of reset because in, in chapter 33 and 34, God and, and Moses and the people of Israel, they're kinda of gonna do a reset on their relationship. And you heard at the end of chapter 32 that, that God kinda of just got, he's just over these people. And, and, and he sends a plague onto them, and, and it doesn't get much better from there. And, and, and God, you, you kind of get the sense that, like, God's not mad. He's just disappointed. <laughs> That's saying, you know. And, and, and I think God and, and the people and Moses, everybody needs to be reminded of maybe how they've kind of gone off the path and how the, how the relationship needs to be repaired. One of, a movie I really like is a movie called The Help, and uh, Viola Davis, the, the this actress, she plays this great character. She's this she's this this, this black uh, nanny and um, maid in the '60s in the South, and and, it, and in this culture, a lot of times these 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 black nannies they would they would raise these white children, and and there's this scene where where she's raising this little girl in, in a lot of ways, and this little girl who has way more privilege and responsibility and opportunity than, than, than Viola Davis as an adult would ever have. And every day she kind of leans down and she gets in her face and she tells her, reminds her of three things. It's, she says, you is smart, you is kind, you is important. And um, barring any grammatical issues with those statements, I think those are things that are, that, are, that are important. That people, especially kids, need to be reminded that they are smart, that they are kind, and that they are important. In the same way, I think this passage talks talks about how how maybe God and and, and His people they need to be reminded of of whose they are and what they are. They are, you know, we are we are smart and we are made in the image of God and we are made to we are loved by him and we are made to live out his kingdom on a daily basis 
And so at the end of verse chapter 32, you heard that, and it, and it doesn't get much better. Starting in chapter 33, it says, Then the Lord said to the Moses, Leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised, an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to you, to your descendants. So God's saying, hey, I made this promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Go do it. I don't care. Get out of here. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. See, this is different. Instead of saying, God saying, I will go ahead of you and I will drive these people out. He said, I'm going to send an angel. Get up to the land that flows with milk and honey. Go up to the land that flows with milk and honey. But I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people. You are stubborn. And I might destroy you on the way. God's just like, I can't even with you right now. When the people heard these distressing words, they began to mourn, and no one put on any ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, Tell the Israelites, you are a stiff-necked people. If I were to go with you, even for a moment, I might destroy you. Now take off your ornaments, and I will decide what to do with you. So the Israelites stripped off their ornaments at Mount Horeb. And this idea of ornaments are these, like, these kind of these, this worship attire that they would wear as they would worship God. And God's like, Get that out of here! Get that out of here! Get that out of here! Like, you say you want to worship me, but obviously your 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 actions don't reflect that. And so it goes on to this 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 story about Moses meeting with God and and Moses wanting going up to the mountain again and wanting to see God's glory. And at first, I kind of. I, when I was reading the story, I was thinking to myself, I don't understand why this is here. But at the end of the story, it, it talks about how God, how Moses wants to see God's glory. Moses like, if you were to look at me, I, I would blind you. I would kill you. And he's like, hey, I'll give you, we'll make a compromise. I'm going to put you behind a rock. I'm going to cover your face. And as I walk by, I'll let, I'll let go. And you can see like the, the back of me as I'm turning the corner. And just from that, Moses' face begins to shine and begins, begins to radiate. And I started, as I was reading the story, I it comes like, why, what is the story doing here? It doesn't really make a lot of sense. And then I started thinking to myself about the original, the first passage about how, how God's just like, I can't even with you guys right now. I, I, I need a break. I need, I, need to, I need to take a step back. And I started thinking about that in conjunction with what comes next. And what comes next is that, that God takes these, he tells Moses, Grab some stone, some, make some new stone tablets. You broke the old ones. You break it, you buy it. Go up to the mountain, the top of the mountain, and we'll talk. And I just—it's kind of this idea of like, hey, we need to reset. We need to start over. And and I think a lot of times in our lives, there's there's moments where we just need to do that. A couple of weeks ago, I mean, we just had, we were just having these issues with our kids and their and their bedroom, and it, it would just was always a mess. And every day we would just be like, we have to learn how to live a new life. We can't keep living like this. And one day, a couple of weeks ago, I was literally I was in in my kids' room. Paisley wanted me to fix fix her TV or help her with something, and I just got so frustrated. I was like, Paisley, we can't 
keep doing things this way. I was just over it. And that's the feeling I get from, from God in chapter 33. But in the same way that I still love my daughter and I still want to have a relationship with her, God's like, hey, get new tablets, go to the top of the mountain. We're going to talk this out. And luckily for us, we had Crystal came over and she helped us clean up our kids' room. And she gave us some tips on like, hey, this is what I do when my kids were that age. And this is how you can do it too. And, and we kind of set, a, we, did, we put a reset on the relationship. We didn't forget what happened before, but we, we're going to start over. We're going to try a new way of living our lives together. And I can see that's kind of what God's doing here. He's just saying, hey, we're gonna, we're, the past, I'm not going to forget what happened. But we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna set things right. We're gonna start over from the beginning. And and then it says that the, then the Lord in, in chapter thirty four says um, then the Lord verse five then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming the Lord the Lord and, and, and a lot of translation says the Lord. What it was actually saying is Yahweh the name of God Yahweh Yahweh the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. Verse 8, Moses bowed down to the ground at once and worshipped. Lord, he said, if I have found favor in your eyes, then let the Lord go with us. Although this is a stiff-necked people, forgive our wickedness and our sin and take us, take us as your inheritance. Moses is begging, and, and God's kind of like reminding himself of who he is. He's saying, he's saying, I am your God and you are my people. I am a God that is just and loves you and compassionate, slow to anger. You is smart, you is kind, you is important. Sometimes even God needs to be reminded of who he is. And sometimes we need to be reminded of who we are. And we need to reset that relationship. We need to, God saying, hey, we, we tried this old way of doing things and now we're going to try a new way of doing it. And it's going to be different. I'm going to make a covenant with my people. And a covenant is like a, is like a, contract but it's even more serious than a contract when it, if somebody breaks a contract then the other part other people can get out of it that's not true with the covenant if somebody breaks their end of the covenant the other the other entity is still required to stick with that covenant but god's saying hey let's be reminded of who we are and let's be let's really be reminded that this is serious this is something that that we need to remember is serious on both parts both god and israel I used to have a friend in the army, um, Alexis Andrews. He was just this funny guy. He, in a lot of ways, he was my best friend in the army. And he would always, um, he had this saying, he used to always say, uh, he's like, hey, when I say, when I get married, and I say till death do us part, I mean it. He's like, I might not die, you might not die, but somebody's going to die. And it's this idea that, that this is such a big commitment in my life. It's not something I could just walk away from. And that's what, that's what God's about to do. He's about to make a covenant with his people, a promise that is meant to be long-lasting. And it's not something that, 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 that 
that God doesn't get to walk away from that and that the Israelites don't get to walk away from either. And it goes through in, in verse 10, it says, I am making a covenant with you before all your people. I will do wonders never before done in any nation in all the world. The people you live among will see how awesome is the work that I, the Lord, will do for you. I will drive out before you the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, per Perizzites, Hevazites, and Jebusites. Verse 14, do not worship any other god. Verse 15, be careful not to make a treaty with those who lived in the land. Verse 17, do not make any idols. Verse 18, celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. Verse 19, the first offspring of every womb belongs to me. Verse 21, six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. These are all things that are familiar, and they're all things that are required of the people. Because God is making a promise, and he intends to keep it. So they need to make a promise as well. Verse 27, Then the Lord said to Moses, Write down the words, for in accordance with these words, I have made a covenant with you and, and with Israel. And he's saying that this is something that is important, and it's, it requires responsibility, and this is a reset of our relationship. And I told that story earlier about how Moses went to the top and he, he saw God's glory. And it doesn't really make sense in it. But then the more I started to read it, I came to this, this last section in verse 29. It says, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hand, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant and he... They were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him, and he spoke to them. Afterwards, all the Israelites came near him, and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given to him on Mount Sinai. When Moses, Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. But whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with them, him, he removed the veil until he came out. And then he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded. And in, in, this, in this passage, we get this kind of contrast between what had happened the first time Moses went up to the, the top of the mountains. He comes down and there's this reflection, there's this beauty of this golden calf that doesn't cost the people anything except for maybe some gold that they can melt down. But the second time, Moses comes down with these tablets and his face is radiant, not from the, the, the false, shiny new object that is the golden calf, but from the, the, the reflection of the real life living God. The race set has been happening, and now it requires something that's more powerful than that. Instead of this shiny thing that you can worship, it doesn't require anything of you in return, you have the God of the universe that says, I, you, I am your God and you are my people. And this is the rules that we're going to follow together. It requires something and it is terrifying to them. In the same way, I think it can be terrifying to us when we are, get called out for maybe not following God the way we should. Or not living our way, not living our life as the reflection of God that we should be. Or not fully committing to the way that we are made in his image. Sometimes we need a reset in our life. 
Sometimes we walk away from the, the relationship with God we've had for so long. And, and a lot of times it's not even on purpose. Stuff comes up. We get busy. We have a life. We have a family. We have work. And we just start, things start getting left behind. And eventually, a lot of people just walk away completely. They throw away everything that they, are, that they did, that they knew spiritually. They throw away their relationship with God. But what I'm here to tell you tonight is that that's, that's not necessary. You can have a reset with God. You can recommit to God the relationship you have with him. You can, re, you can remember whose you are, whose image you're made, of, made in, and whose kingdom you are called to live out today. So here in just a minute, I'm going to pray. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pause for a little bit. And if you need to maybe recommit yourself, if you need to hit that reset button with God, I want to invite you to do that. And maybe you're living your best life with God ever. Maybe you're you're in your word, you're in the you're in God's word, you're you're praying to him all the time. And if that's you, great. I want you to pray for those around you, for your neighbors, for the people who might not be doing that. And pray and ask and ask how God can maybe open up a door and how you can support each other. Let's go to God in prayer. God, thank you for this day. God, we, we, we pray and we lament that sometimes we are a stiff-necked people and we lose sight of whose image we are made of and that we are loved by the God of the universe and we are called to live that love out every single day. God, I want to take this time to, for those who may have fallen away, who, who may have forgotten whose image they are made of, made in, and whose, whose, whose lives may have just gotten busy, Lord, to remember who you are and who you made them to be. God, I pray for all those who may have rededicated their life to you, Lord. God, I pray for those who might have might be thinking to themselves, hey, maybe I, I take this Jesus thing seriously for the first time, Lord. God, I pray that we all can live to recognize that we are sinful creatures, that we have we have we have sinned against you and we deserve to die, but because of your son Jesus Christ, we get to live forever. And God, I thank you for that gift you've given us, Lord. And I pray that as we go from this place that we remember whose image we are made in who's who loves us and whose kingdom we are called to live out god i pray that we hit that reset button every day if we have to lord but we 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 remember to worship you and to love you and to serve you pray all this in the name of jesus amen all right guys if you if you personally responded i'd love to have you maybe reach out Send us an email, send us a message, and we'd love to talk with you. Bye.